<laughs> Got to turn on the mic. It is time for today's tax talk. I am your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. It is Thursday, January 26th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, I kind of touched on this case yesterday. I didn't give it the, the uh, prominence it deserves. And I really, I don't think, I came out right before I, I came on last night, so I didn't have a chance to really review it. But today I did, and I was like, this is the case, this F-bar case uh, with a case called Tooth, Tooth, Toth, whatever it is. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Tried to find somebody pronouncing it right. I think some called it Toth, some called True Tooth, whatever it is. That's why I say Tooth Hurts. Okay, that's why I misspelled it. Um, and the IRS, IRS unfairness of it all. But I'm going to do a, something a little bit different. Well, before we get started, uh, let's do that. We're going to do that today. We're going to talk about this case. We're going to do something that we've never done before. You won't want to miss it. Uh, won't you join us? There we go. Did I fix it? Nope. I made it worse. Tried to fix it while the... There it is. Now it's fixed. But I wanted to... Uh, first, I want to talk uh, what I'm going to do differently today than I've ever done. And that's... I'm going to... Instead of reading a story, which usually, you know, I read a, 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 some stories from the... Some uh, news stories. Uh, today, I'm not going to read a news story. I'm going to read Justice Gorsuch... Uh, dissenting opinion, the court today denied certiorari on this case, which means, uh, and it's in my description there about what that is, what that means, just means that she, it was found against her, and, and we'll go into the story, Judge, but here are what I wanted to talk about. First, I want to tell you that I'm, I'm going to read Judge, Judge Gorsuch's decision uh, instead of a news story, because I like the way he writes. There's, and I'm, I, I went through this some judges, uh, can't really see that, can you? Where can I make that bigger? Well, some judges write for other judges, as I say here. Uh, let's go back here. Let's go back here. And then maybe I can pull it up. Well, some judges write for other judges, right? They want their precedent to be out. They want to be able to, other judges to, to, be able to explain why this ruling is correct, right? Some judges write for attorneys, and that's so, so the attorneys can use those decisions to advocate for their clients. And some judges write for the public, so the public can understand what's going on in, the, in these cases. And this is why I always I recommend that people read some of these uh, Supreme Court cases well, and again, this is not even a case. This is a, uh, a, a refusal to hear a case, but the judges vote on it. And uh, Judge Gorsuch thought that this case was important enough to be heard, uh, and the other judges did not. Uh, we assume other, all the other judges were against him because nobody joined him in this, in this dissent. Okay, so uh, Ju Judge Gorsuch is one of those judges who write for the public, so we can all understand what he's talking about. And uh, so let's go, let, let me go right to the story. And first, let's talk about what this, first it's about this, this law called the F-bar law. Let's see if I can do that. 
the law, a United States person who has a financial interest in or signature or other authority over financial accounts located outside the United States is required to file a report of foreign bank and financial accounts, the FBAR, if the aggregate value of these accounts exceeds $10,000 at any time during the calendar year. So that's the law. Now, I, I got to tell you, I've represented people with the FBAR. Uh, many of those that I have represented were foreigners. Now, because people come here and they don't so, for instance, I had a case, and they were they were professors at a, at a law school, and they came, and they had some property overseas, and they came here, and they didn't really realize that they were supposed to file this uh, this F bar. So they lived here for some years before they did so, and we represented them in that case. Um, but most Americans don't know this either. Most Americans don't know the law. And here's the thing: the purpose of the F bar was was going after illicit money, right? People who are trying to hide money, and uh, and the penalties, as you'll see, can be severe, and that's what this case is about. Oh, I wanted to bring up the Eighth Amendment too. Well, we'll see if we can do that. Um, but let's go to the let's let's go to the um, let's go to the case. So this is the case. This is the Supreme Court Justices Gorth. The Gorsuch, his dissenting approval, I mean, his dissenting opinion. In 1930s, Monica Toth's father fled his home in Germany to escape the swell of violent anti-Semitism. Eventually, he found his way to South America, where he made a new life with his young family and went on to enjoy a successful business career in Buenos Aires. But perhaps owing to his his early formation experience, Ms. Ms. Toth's father always kept a reserve of funds in a Swiss bank account. Remember back in the day, uh, they, it was anonymous and it was always going to be anonymous until the, until the IRS cracked it. And now they can reveal everything. They have to reveal everything. Shortly before his death, he gave Ms. Toth several million dollars also in a Swiss bank account. He encouraged his daughter to keep the money there just in case. Ms. Toth now in her 80s and an American citizen, followed her father's advice. For several years, however, she failed to report her foreign bank account to the federal government as the law requires. Ms. Toth's ins ins insists this was an innocent mistake. She says she did not know of the reporting obligation, and when she learned of it, she says, she, she completed the necessary disclosures. The Internal Revenue Service saw things differently. Pursuant to Section 5321, the agency charged Ms. Toth with willfully violating 5314's reporting requirement and assessed a civil penalty of $2.1 million, half of the balance of Ms. Toth's account, plus another $1 million in late fees and interest. Initially, Ms. Toth uh, sought to represent herself in proceedings. Never a good idea. You got this kind of money at, at stake? I know it seems like, oh, this is an easy case. I was, I was, I'm innocent. I, I didn't know any better. But you've got that kind of money. You should all, you shouldn't even hesitate to get yourself some qualified representation. My own opinion. Later, Ms. Toth engaged an, a counsel who argued that the IRS's assessment violated the excessive fines clause of the Eighth Amendment. But the First Circuit rejected this line of defense. It held that the Constitution's protection against excessive fines did not apply to Ms. Toth's case because the IRS's assessment against her was not tied to any criminal sanction and serve a, a remedial purpose. 
This decision is difficult to reconcile with our precedents. We have recognized that the excessive fines clause traces its venerable venerable uh, lineage. We have held that protection against excessive punitive economic sanction is a fundamental and deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition, and that all that would mean little if the government would evade constitutional scrutiny under the clause's terms by a simple expedient of filing a civil label on the fines it imposes and declining to pursue any related criminal case. Far from permitting that kind of maneuver, this court has warned the Constitution guards against it. And then he talks about this case. The question is not, as the United States would have it, whether a monetary penalty is civil or criminal, but whether, rather whether it is punishment. Nor is the statutory penalty beneath constitutional notice because it serves a, remedi- a remedial purpose. Really, the notion of non-punitive penalties is a contradiction in terms. Just like this case, just take this case. The government did not calculate Ms. Tot's penalty with reference to any losses or expenses it had incurred. The government imposed its penalty to punish her and, in that way, deter others. Even supposing, however, that Ms. Tot's penalty bore both punitive and compensatory purposes, it would still not merit constitutional review. It would still merit, under our cases, a fine that serves even in part to punish, is subject to analysis under the excessive fines clause. Ms. Toth and her amici, the people that like that support her and file the brief in the case, identify still more reasons to worry about the First Circuit's decision. They say it clashes with our approach uh, many other courts have taken in similar cases. They observe that it incentivizes governments to impose exorbitant civil penalties as a means of raising revenue. And they contend that it is difficult to square with the original understanding of the Eighth Amendment. For all these reasons, taking up this case would have been worth our time. I agree. As things stand, one can only hope that other court, lower courts, will not repeat its mistakes. So I think what I'm going to try to do, these are the cases I have. But let's see if I can, let's just do the Eighth Amendment. Because I, I like to, I like to read these When's the last time you read the Eighth Amendment? Do you even know what the Eighth Amendment says? And, you know, much of our Constitution is not difficult, right? Uh, it's, they're not wordy, most of, most of the, especially the Bill of Rights. Not wordy. It's not hard to understand. Here it is, the Eighth Amendment. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel or unusual punishments inflicted. Pretty simple, don't you think? Pretty simple stuff. Uh, and I think in this case, as I just, just demonstrated, shows that so, so it demonstrates this cruel, it's, it's, it's an excessive fine for sure. Um, and But you got to be careful of this F-bar stuff. And again, those cases that I've handled, the people who, who uh, violated the law had no idea that this law even existed. I mean... You, we are, we are as American citizens, um, held to the standard that we're to know all the laws, right? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. But if I don't know about, and, and so here, this woman, it's going to cost her three point one million dollars. Uh, is that really the? Is that really the to, to correct anything? Is it going to imp- on this poor woman? She's eighty years old. Uh, shouldn't she? 
it f comes from her father. I mean, it, it again, I think when she went to court, she or she went in front of the IRS, she was thinking, this is so obvious, you know, that, that it's an excessive fine. And the IRS will they'll understand and they'll be reasonable. Well, let me tell you, people, the IRS is very is rarely reasonable. And it's just a fact. And the same thing with the Illinois Department of Revenue. They are rarely reasonable. So don't think you're going to be able to just put up your defense and it's so obvious that everybody's going to fall in line and leave you alone. You know, and I, I can't tell you how many times people come to see me and the first thing they, well, you know, I don't mind paying the, I don't mind paying the IRS what I owe, but can I just get out of the penalties and interest? Won't they just say, accept some lower amount? And in most cases, the answer is pretty clear. No. No. Why wouldn't they? They don't have to. If you've ever dealt with a creditor, uh, you know, you might, let's say there's some dispute and uh, they say you owe them $10,000 and you dispute that. And you say, you know what? I, I'm not going to give it. Let's, I'll give you $7,500. let us call it even, right? You think you owe them 5,000. They say you owe them 10. Ah, let's call it, let's call it 7,500. We'll call it even. And many creditors will say, sure, we'll do that. And you can negotiate that price. But the IRS, unless you are, unless you don't have anything, I, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you don't have anything, there's lots of programs for you with the IRS, currently not collectible, offering a compromise. Okay, lots of programs. If you have assets, if you have things, if you have enough to pay the claim that they have, none of those are going to work for you, right? You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't just say, you know, I'll, how about I give you a million? No, they don't accept it. Now, again, they could, especially when you go to tax court, they can, they can agree to take less. Um, why that they, they didn't do that in this case? I don't know. Maybe there's some facts that we don't know. But maybe, uh, again, George, Judge Gorsuch, he saw the, the complaint and it had, you know, the details. They could have heard the, this. They could have brought it before us, before the court. At least it would have tamed the IRS to say, hey, you can't do this to people. But this doesn't help. This doesn't help anybody, right? Because now the IRS says, not only can we do it, we did it. And we're going to do it again because the courts allow us to do it. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think it's a shame. I really do. Um, I thought this was an important case. But I also, again, I, I think it is important that we read Judge Gorsuch, uh, his, his opinion. And you realize that the guy writes so well. And he's not writing for lawyers. He's writing for the public so we can all understand what he says, right? That was pretty easily understood, don't you think? So, so again, I encourage people, as these opinions come out in this term, you know, read some of the syllabuses. You know, they, there's a paragraph right at the beginning of the case that will summarize what happened in the case. At least read that. Some of the cases I know, they're, they're you know, 100 pages, some, some, you know, very long opinions. But the syllabus is not that long. And so you can read the syllabus, understand what, what, what happened, and then try to understand the reasoning that the judges use um, to come up with their opinions. I know there's a lot going on out there telling us that the, the court is, you know, they're so political. I, you know, my own opinion is, yes, there are some political, but this, this majority is not a political majority. I know people say that. But if their, if their politics is, that they're going to be originalists and go and, and stick to the letter of the Constitution, then yes, they're political. 
in the sense that they are sticking to the Constitution. I think the other side wants to the living, breathing Constitution. I disagree with that. I don't think that it ever was meant to be a living, breathing, which means whatever the you know five unelected judges say it is, right? Stick to what it says. You want to change it? Change it. There's, there's a way to change it, and you can do that. Um, it's been changed, at, what is that, 28 times? So you can change it, uh, and that's how we should hold it. So anyway, that's, thanks so much for joining us. I, I appreciate you coming. I, I'm going to ask you to like and subscribe. Uh, I'm going to need your help to get this information out to people. So please like and subscribe, get it out, help us get the word out. Who else is t- giving you a tax update every day of the week? I don't think there's anybody else out there. And remember, most news is tax news. In the end, how are they going to get your money and how are they going to spend it? Most news is tax news. Uh, And also, if you have an IRS problem and you don't know what to do, if you have unfiled tax returns and you're paralyzed, first thing you should do, get a copy of my book, Deal With Your IRS Problems Today. Go to freeirsbook.com. That's freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy. Uh, I will pay for the publishing. I'll ask you to pay for the shipping and handling. I am writing another book called Fight Back Now. I hope to have it out by tax day, April 15th. I'm telling you to put a deadline on myself so I get it out. I'm working on it. Um, If you get a copy of my book, uh, Deal With Your IRS Problem Today, I will put you on the list for for the first copy to come out, and I'll include that. I'll send it to you for free. So do that. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate taking the time. Uh, As I always say, God bless you. And uh, we are today out. No, I want to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow I have a uh, podcast, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Going to have uh, attorney George Bellis on my show. He's been on the show before. Unbelievable attorney. You won't want to miss it. We're going to spend about an hour talking to him. And uh, it's it's a a live podcast, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Wherever you're watching this, um, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, watchtalkradio.com. So thanks so much for joining us here today, and we'll see you here tomorrow, I hope. Out.